0: We are 3 weeks away from opening day. And what will the Texas Rangers roster look like on opening day? Who is going to be making cuts? Who is going to be hurt? All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers
1: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official Sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, initially, I was saving this episode for Friday, but a little miscommunication with uh, the locked on angels folks and, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't able to get their episode up today, but we will have a crossover for Friday's episode with the locked on angels boys, a whole lot of fun. Um, so be sure to check out that in your feeds tomorrow, but on today's show, we are getting into my final version two opening day roster projection. And, uh, there's one one last thing before we get into that. I wanted to make a note of a former Ranger great, Mitch Moreland, who retired. Mitch was one of my favorite players. I don't know why I really gravitated towards him, but 2010 was kind of the start of my in-earnest fandom. I always kind of grew up a Rangers fan, but like really, really got sucked in uh, at the start of the 2010 season and uh, actually ended up getting a signed Mitch Moreland baseball from one of my best friends who went out to spring training and got his signature, and I've got this little... Display that is conveniently right out of range uh, of my podcast uh, camera angle, which is a real shame, because it looks so pretty. And maybe if I move into a new place, you'll be able to see that. But anyway, Mitch Moreland, I just wanted to give a shout-out to him, a former Ranger great, uh, 37 years old, spent seven seasons with the Texas Rangers, including the best teams. He was on all of the playoff teams of the 2010s, came up as a rookie in 2010, had a really nice season then, had a career year in 2015 with the Rangers, 23 bombs that year, which was his career high, and another season with 23 bombs in 2013. I don't know why just something about this guy kind of stuck with me. One of three ranger greats, uh, f- to play first base and come from Mississippi state. The second in that uh, tradition, maybe there was another one that I'm forgetting, but Rafael Palmero, obviously, and Nathaniel Lowe following in Mitch Moreland's footsteps as well. So, uh, shout out to Mitch Moreland, uh, Hat tip for a great career and a really unheralded part of those twenty ten Rangers teams. But this is going to be another fun Rangers team this year and some some curveballs that have been thrown to us in this roster projection. I remember at the beginning of spring training when I did this first one. I thought, okay, yeah, this is pretty cut and dry. Everything's pretty simple. There's not a whole lot of of change that I thought the, the question was, oh, who's gonna play left field? Who's gonna play left field? Well now the question is who's going to play center field because of Leody Tavares's injury? Did an extensive episode on that on Monday, so go check out that to hear about the ramifications of that. There's a little bit of an update that it's going to be maybe a couple weeks before Leody is going to be ready and um to even like kind of get back on the field. So I'm thinking that his opening day roster spot is in jeopardy jeopardy. Once he's healthy. He's going to be the center fielder. That's just what it is. He is out of minor league options, so that is where we are. But let us let us start with the infield, the very solid, assured, we know exactly what we're getting. At catcher, we're going to have Jonah Heim. First base is going to be Nathaniel Lowe, Marcus Simeon at second, Corey Seager at shortstop, and Josh Young at third. That is going to be the way it looks For the vast majority of the season, obviously you're going to have some catching duties split between Jonah Heim and the who I believe will be the primary DH in Mitch Garver. But that lineup is going to be pretty set in stone, at least the top three. And the outfield, as of right now, I think for opening day, it's going to look like this. Robbie Grossman in left field, Bubba Thompson in center field, and Adolis Garcia in right field. I feel like that's pretty pretty standard. It's pretty uh, set in stone. We'll see a little bit of how things change once Lioti gets back, how his injury um, will affect the rest of this roster. But I I feel pretty good about that projection. I don't think there's going to be much deviation. Um, But the bench is kind of where things start to get uh, a little bit topsy-turvy, and I'm not exactly sure what to make of it right now. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on what it is, but I don't think it's going to be a very deep bench right now. I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be four players, four position players that are on the bench and right now. My best bet as to who those guys are, it's going to be Josh Smith, Brad Miller, Clint Frazier, and Travis Jankowski. So we are at 13 position players. Exactly half of the roster is going to be position players um, for the 26-man roster that it is now. So I don't I don't love including Brad Miller on here not that he's been bad necessarily this season it's just last year really left a a rough a bad taste in my mouth of the Brad Miller experience I was really excited about having him on a multi-year deal when the Rangers signed him thought okay this guy can play you know a little bit of third a little bit of first a little bit of left field and absolutely mash against righties and well he can't really play third he can play first um can't super play left field it's it's fine it's just not great And using one of your spots for a guy who is a versatility guy, but not really that versatile and didn't do the one thing that he was supposed to do last year and mash against righties or really against anybody, to be quite honest. And I think there's still a very good player in there in Brad Miller. He's going to be 33 this year, so he is a little on the older side, but it wasn't that long ago that he had a fantastic season with Philadelphia or that really good season with St. Louis um, in 2020, the shortened season with an OPS over 800. But I haven't seen that player yet for the Rangers. So a little spurts, like a two-week stretch, um, a little bit in May. But other than that, for the most of the season, it was just like, this is a really, really rough experience. He had injuries, a hip injury kept him out for a long time last year, but using one of those precious roster spots when you only got four bench guys. And one of them is a guy who isn't really doing a whole lot for you. That gets really kind of dicey pretty quickly. Uh, I have Clint Frazier and Travis Jankowski on there because Jankowski has played center field um, for the Rangers in spring training. I'm not the highest guy on him I wasn't I'm, I'm leaning more towards more towards Clint Frazier and I think at this point if if this is where the Rangers are depending on how long Leody is out but for the time that Leody out I think the backup center fielder is probably going to be a but you want to have another guy who can play center field Grossman if you're really in a pinch you can throw him in there Josh Smith I think would probably be the likely option Smith I think is going to get a lot of time because he can play so many different positions he can play third he can play shortstop he can play second um, he can play in left field or center field and I think that they're going to get a lot of use out of him. And I would have liked to included Ezekiel Duran here. It was kind of a, a question, but I don't think that at least to start the season with where they are right now, I don't think that Duran and Smith are going to both be on the opening day roster. I kind of like the upside of Duran more, but as of as a bench bat and as what the Rangers need, for this roster, I think Josh Smith just makes a little bit more sense. He is a very polished player. Would like to see a little bit more power from him. I'm sure he would like to see more power from himself. But he's legitimate shortstop. I think defensively, he's better than Duran at at the infield positions. Um, he doesn't have quite as strong an arm as Duran, but he is a has you know softer hands. He is a little bit more of a natural shortstop. I think center field. Eventually, he. Uh, Duran is going to have the edge on Smith because in terms of straight line speed, Duran is faster, but in terms of quickness, uh, which is more of the quick twitch things you want on the infield for your shortstops, that is something that Josh Smith does a little bit better than Duran at this point. Um, I I think we might get a little bit of Clint Frazier staying in the big leagues even after the, uh, after Leody gets off the IL. I, I really like Clint Frazier as a guy who I wanted the Rangers to go get and I haven't been able to see him. I haven't been able to watch that closely of these spring training games because, you know, not that many of them are televised. But um, I I think that he could make a decent impact on this roster. Coming up, we're going to get into a little bit of the pitchers, what I think the opening day lineup is going to look like, and a little bit more. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you have got to try yourself a built Bar. I know we it feels like we just got through the holidays. or heading into spring break, and you're trying to, you know, get in, in better shape for, um, you know, sticking to your New Year's resolutions, if you still are, and early to mid-March, then hats off to you, because that is uh, very impressive. I know I've lapsed a little bit, but whenever I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier, trying to grab myself a snack, that it will be a little bit filling, um, but also good for me. I like to grab myself a Bilt Bar. They are so delicious. They have got some kind of mad scientists over there that are somehow finding ways to make something absolutely delicious and also good for you. I don't know how they do it. It must be magic. Maybe it's a little bit of science, um, but they do it over and over again, and hats off to the people at bar for all these delicious flavors you can go order them on built.com or now you don't have to wait to order them and for them to ship to your house you can go get them at your local walmart or your local sam's club as well so go check them out gotta grab yourself a box you can thank me later
1: this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found
0: at the opening day lineup. Right now, I think it's going to look like this. I think there's not going to be a lot of change in the top four, maybe even top five of the lineup. Uh, we'll see how the, the hitters six through nine uh, end up changing throughout the year. Not sure that is set in zone, but I think it's going to start with Marcus Simeon leading off and playing second base. Corey Seeger in the two-hole at shortstop. Nathaniel Lowe at first base, in the three-hole, Adolis Garcia batting cleanup, Mitch Garver DHing and hitting fifth. Adolis Garcia, by the way, playing right field. Um, Robbie Grossman hitting sixth and playing left field. Josh Young hitting seventh, playing third. Jonah Heim catching and hitting eighth, and Bubba Thompson in center field batting ninth. I like that lineup a lot. I like the depth. I like the balance of handedness. You go right, left, left, right, right. Switch right, switch right. It is a good balance of lefties versus righties. Balancing that is kind of my my thought process. I, I think that Josh Young will probably provide a little bit more offensive value than Robbie Grossman this year. I could be wrong. Um, but having three right handed hitters in a row was something that I wanted to split up and I think the Rangers will want to split up as well. That's why I put Robbie Grossman hitting sixth, even though eventually he might be hitting, you know, seventh or eighth. Maybe Heim is is the one that they put up hitting sixth. Heim did have a very, very impressive first half of last year. I think it was a 787 OPS in the first half before kind of falling off a little bit of a cliff there at the end. But I really like this lineup and the depth and the bottom, like from the top of the order to the middle to the bottom. like Every third of this lineup feels very, very good. If Josh Young is your seven-hole hitter, That is a really darn good lineup, and I am super excited to see it in action on opening day in exactly three weeks. Now, we have talked about the lineup. Let's get into a little bit of the pitchers. We have five starting pitchers, and I I think that uh, Levi Weaver kind of put it best in his opening day roster projection. The the five starting pitchers are—we have the five starting pitchers, and they will be that until— They aren't, (laughs) and it's basically just going to be an injury that kind of changes that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition from anybody else on the roster um, or in the minor leagues that is going to really push any of those five guys out. It is probably just going to be an injury. I'm hoping, hoping that nobody is just so bad that they need to be yeeted out of the rotation. But I think the lineup will, or the starting rotation will, stack up like this at this point. Jacob Degrom, obviously. Day one, opening day starter. Martin Perez, pitching second. Part of that is because he's been healthy. I think he'll be the most ready. He's going to the World Baseball Classic. Also, shout out to Martin Perez for singing the Venezuelan National Anthem for one of the scrimmage games that uh, Team Venezuela was playing, I think, against the Astros, where they beat the Astros, which uh, is just kind of fun. Um, Just very beautiful singing voice. Just kind of a nice moment for Martin. But I'm thinking he's going to be second, at least to start the year. Maybe... Eventually, they move him down. But at number three, I have John Gray. He is slightly more healthy than uh, guy number four in Nathan Ivaldi. He pitched th- graded pitched three scoreless innings on Wednesday and looked very good while doing so. Didn't walk anybody, allowed just one hit and one strikeout. So I think that might be where they put him. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi, who has left side tightness, has been sidelined for a few days. I have not seen anything about him starting pitching back again. But I think that he'll end up being fine. But maybe pushing him further down in the rotation, at least to start the season, is might be the way that the Rangers go, just to kind of give him a little bit more space. He did come in a little bit more ready to spring training this year because he was thought he was going to pitch in the WBC, but in weird insurance situation, kind of nixed that, and it didn't end up happening. So sitting him down for what's it been, four or five days, I think, with the left side tightness and not throw it back and throwing again i think he'll still be ready for opening day but pushing him back one or two days might end up being the way the rangers kind of keep him from having to miss a start and then number five we have andrew heaney that is probably where he's going to be thankfully he's been healthy in spring training He's felt good and has looked pretty decent in his outings had a couple of bombs that he gave up and has walked a few more people than is characteristic of andrew heaney but he's healthy And he is throwing with confidence, and he feels good about himself. And really, you know what? With all the weird little ticky-tack injuries that kind of come in spring training, I will absolutely take that from the Heen dog, Andrew Heaney, as uh, our Locked on Angels boys called him yesterday. But let's look at the bullpen, the always the most impossible to predict and confusing part of any roster. We're going to get into that and more a few of the changes from this and uh, how I feel about this opening day roster compared to last day, uh, last year's opening day roster. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it is safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained you can bet on uh, Luca and Kyrie doing some basketball things if that is your kind of deal or they are going to have some upcoming lines about Major League Baseball how many wins the Rangers can have and uh, I'm sure we'll be getting some over-unders on Rangers projections so you can bet on all those things you can even combine bets for a chance at a bigger pay cut with the same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more visit fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba now, let's take a look at this Rangers bullpen. It should be, I believe, much improved. We have a bit of a change from last time out, a guy who the Rangers have signed since I did my version one of this opening day roster projection. Will Smith is in there. Let's start with, this is just in my order of the way that I think about these starting these of uh, uh, relievers. Jose Leclerc, Jonathan Hernandez, Brock Burke, Taylor Hearn, Will Smith, Josh Spores, Joe Barlow and Glenn Otto. That is eight, an eight-man bullpen, which is kind of feels like the standard at this point. But I feel I feel pretty good about that bullpen. Now, Glenn Otto is the one that I was the, literally the last one on this list, and I kind of went back and forth on whether or not to include him or Josh Spores. Uh, I I think the Rangers are probably going to include Josh Spores just because he's out of my league options. I think Glenn Otto has one, but you might notice a name that is missing. It is Jake Odorizzi. That is not because I don't think Odorizzi is going to be a big part of this team, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to be ready for opening day. This is the opening day lineup projection, not the uh, April 3rd <laughs> uh, roster projection. So uh, yeah, Odorizzi was left off. I think that once he comes back, he is probably going to be in that Glenn Otto role of multi-inning reliever. Maybe maybe he pushes out Josh Spores. Maybe they figure out what Josh Spores is finally. It's the, you know, two years with the Rangers has been a question of who is this guy? Is he really the guy who has the elite stuff and can actually use it? Or he is a, is he a guy who's got really elite stuff and just cannot get a handle on it because that is kind of who he has been, at least last year. It was a little bit more of the elite stuff and kind of it actually working in 2021. But I am excited to see what Josh Bores is, if he is a kind of back-end reliever and can you know, back that stuff up and use it more effectively, then that's great. And I think the Rangers have got something special in there. Again, he is a former second round pick of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team that is incredibly good at scouting and developing guys. Now, if they punted on him sometimes, uh, that means, okay, maybe you should too. But they have had the occasional miss of, of guys like, you know, Jordan Alvarez, who they traded away to the Astros for some reliever who I don't even remember who it is. And it kind of pisses me off that they did that because now it's the Rangers problem to deal with Jordan Alvarez, uh, with the Astros. And there is, um, Oh, who is it? Um, O'Neal Cruz who is also, uh, signed and developed by the Dodgers and traded away for some middling reliever to the pirates. And now O'Neill Cruz is a six foot six mammoth monster hitting shortstop. That is an absolute weirdo and, uh, just aberration of a player that is so fun to see. So occasionally they do make some mistakes. um, And so maybe the Rangers could capitalize that on that and turn Josh Boers into something really great. But I think that we're going to see Jake Odorizzi on this roster at some point playing a big role. I feel much better about this bullpen than I did at the start of last year especially the start of last year, the Rangers were in a really rough way with the bullpen. They had some, some decent arms. Uh, Brett Martin was playing a much bigger role. Dennis Santana was playing a role and still on the team, but the Rangers didn't have Jose the clerk or Jonathan Hernandez until, what felt like basically the midpoint of the season. And even then it took them a little bit of time to round into form towards the end of the year. They kind of look like themselves. They looked like dominant back end relievers. And I feel like people don't give them enough credit for how good those guys are. And, The thing I talked about, I believe, is on yesterday's show of the thing that I like about these those first four guys that I listed in LeClerc, Hernandez, Burke and Hearn. All those guys are going to pitch in high leverage situations, and all of them can go multiple innings if you need them. They can be used in different situations. It gives Bruce Bochy a bunch of options of how to use his bullpen. He is very creative in the use of his bullpen, especially in the playoffs. That is one of the most difficult things for any manager to do. And Bruce Bochy just has that magic touch of knowing each of his relievers, knowing how How to best get through to them, how to motivate them, how to encourage them, how to uh, sometimes piss them off in the right way enough to channel it into something constructive, because he was an absolute genius when it came to that in his World Series runs with the San Francisco Giants. The Rangers have a lot of really good options in this pen. Will Smith is a very nice addition. I think he was kind of the last little piece that the Rangers needed. Would have, would have digged having Matt, Bo- Matt Moore back um, and would have really liked for him to not go to a division rival because I do still think he is pretty good. I get it because Burke and Hearn are very similar in what they did for the Rangers without that super high walk rate that Matt Moore had. Um, and I think Joe Barlow is definitely ha- having him not as the closer, having him as kind of a mid-reliever, kind of, uh, I don't know, sixth-inning guy. Um just come in for, for one inning, say you have Andrew Haney who's, you know, not going super deep into game, say he goes gives you five innings, and the Rangers are up three to one or three to two or whatever, and you don't really want to use any of your high leverage guys, maybe Brock Burke pitched a couple innings the day before, and you don't really want to throw out Hearn or Smith at that point, and you know, you're saving Josh Spores and you throw out Glenn Otto or uh, sorry, Joe Barlow for one inning in the sixth. He can get you to that seventh inning and say you want to use Jonathan Hernandez for two innings that day and then LeClerc for the save in the ninth. I, f- I would feel really good about that kind of usage of the bullpen and having those different options or maybe throwing Glenn Otto um, in kind of a similar vein as a like right-handed Brock Burke. Maybe not quite as effective. I'm really interested to see what Glenn Otto just looks like as a reliever because I think that is probably his... His role and in my in my mind with that velocity ticking up with that nasty slider i think he could be maybe not quite as dominant as burke was last year because that was a that's a really high bar to put on anybody and i think even expecting burke to repeat what he did last year maybe that's asking a bit much i think he can do it maybe he can even get better but like asking another asking him to you know go 82 innings with 90 strikeouts and a sub-2 ERA out of the bullpen. That is um, difficult for anybody to do. Fewer than three walks per nine, nearly 10 strikeouts per nine. Like, relievers are very inconsistent, and so you got to appreciate the good years when you have them, and guys who are that good from year to year. That is why uh, Jose Leclerc got that contract extension that he did with those options in there, and he's making, what, $5 million this year because he's pretty consistent and he has some really, really good stuff. And the Rangers know what they're getting from him. I think they also know what they're getting from like all those top four guys, Will Smith included. I think he gives the Rangers that kind of left-handed setup guy who is pitched in very high leverage situations and has succeeded with that. Granted, he has not been as effective um, last year. Wasn't super effective with the, um, with the Braves to start last year and wasn't used a whole, whole bunch in that um, world series run of that team that is south of here um but he he got himself a ring and he was hugely instrumental in the Braves winning in 2021 and beating the Astros in the World Series and beating a few other teams I think he had six saves in that run for the Braves in 2021 in the postseason alone not just in general but six saves in the postseason which is really really difficult to do and as much as I like these guys, none of the other guys in this bullpen outside of Will Smith have any postseason experience. Jacob deGrom has obviously pitched in the postseason. I think Martin Perez has pitched in the postseason. Yevali has pitched all the way to a pennet um Heaney. I'm not sure. I think he pitched in the postseason this year. Not entirely sure. Um but I think he has at some point in his career. So having some guy in the bullpen with some of that postseason experience will be very, very nice. Maybe LeClerc was around in that first Rangers run. I can't remember, honestly. Um, it's It's been a hot minute um, since the Rangers have been in the postseason, unfortunately. But I'm hoping that this year it changes. Um, as for guys who were left off versus last time, uh, Mark Mathias is off. He has been traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates for a player to be named later. And Jake Odorizzi was left off because I think he's going to be hurt. Also, Leonie Tavares was left off. The guys who I added were um, Will Smith. I don't think I had uh, Spores on there last time, but I also added, um, where'd we go? The Outfielders, Travis Jankowski and Clint Frazier. I think that even looking at it, I'm already second guessing. Like, 20 minutes after I said it, <laughs> but uh, we could see a little bit of Sam Huff on there. Instead of one of those two outfielders, maybe Huff would be on there over Frazier. Maybe they want to have three catchers. I don't know. I think that giving Huff every day at bats and AAA might be a better use of that because I mean, knowing catchers and knowing um, specifically Mitch Garver, maybe he's not going to be um, the healthiest for the entire season and just, giving Sam Huff everyday reps in AAA might be overall better for his development. He is still fairly young. I think he is um, 26 still. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, he's going to be 25. This is going to be his age 25 season. So Huff Huff is still pretty young. And it wasn't that long ago where he was on basically every top 100 prospect list um, as a guy with a lot of potential to be a very heavy hitting catcher, um, maybe almost Mitch Garver level of just in terms of sheer raw power, Sam Huff is absolutely top of the scale. So, but in terms of how I feel about this opening day roster, as, as opposed to uh, last year's opening day roster, I feel like the thing the Rangers really addressed is just depth. They had they added a few stars, they added a few nice pieces. Um, Martin Perez obviously turned out to be fantastic. John Gray was a pretty good signing. They added the the stars and Lowe established himself as a star um, along with those two middle infielders, but it felt like just a little bit shallow. It's like, all right, last year, it's like, all right, I get you have improved expectations, but there just wasn't quite enough Depth behind it. If something went wrong with one of the stars, or even if something didn't, like there just was not enough depth this year. I feel really confident in you know man one through twenty six. Like this is the Rangers are when the sign. It's a sign of how far the Rangers have progressed. Losing a guy like Mark Matthias just to sign a Will Smith of like oh that's a guy who like could be a pretty decent contributor on a big league club, but because the Rangers are you know kind of like tap talent rich feels like feels really cocky to say for a team coming off a 92 last season. Um, but it, they kind of are, they have more depth at that, you know, players 15 through 26 on a roster of guys who could be that be it guys who either were that last year, like Matthias or guys in A that are kind of stepping up or guys who kind of saw little bits and spurts of the big leagues last year, they have a lot of those guys, and I think that is just a huge testament to how much this team has improved, and how confident I am that this is not going to be a 90-loss team. A 90 lost team, like um, some people, <laughs> silly, uh, seem to think that is on the range of possibilities for this team. I think maybe 85 is like the absolute worst-case scenario for this Rangers team. I think they're going to be a 500 team. I hope they're going to be a winning team and maybe even a playoff team, but at the very least, this team is not going to be bad, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially on days when old Jacob deGrom is on the hill, which I am very much looking forward to that opening day, first start of Jacob deGrom in Globe Life Field. But that's going to do it for today's show. For tomorrow's show, I will be back with a crossover with Locked on Angels, so we can get all of those files uh, sorted out and I can figure it all out but for your second listen go check out locked on fantasy baseball win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies find locked on fantasy baseball wherever you get your podcast and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing and until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball